2: Well, this is a big day for this program and not for any of the reasons that uh, I thought it was going to be a big day for this program. Uh, we have assembled, as I like to do, an illustrious lineup of, uh, of guests, of interesting people, of great wits, of great intellects, of people that I just indo- enjoy talking to. We'll tell you who they are in just a moment. But uh, a few hours ago, I was all set to make a big deal about us now airing on a uh, big radio station in Florida. great radio station that's got a a very big audience, very good signal. And then uh, I said, and this is why you always check these things, uh, and because, look, I've always been fascinated by Florida because you read the news, any newspaper, doesn't matter which one, all these incredible stories that you just can't imagine being true all begin with Florida man. And inevitably, it has that Florida man doing something crazy. And it's got me thinking, wh- why? What's in the water down there in Florida? What is going on down there? Additionally, you know, I, and in general, I try to learn as much as I can about all of the places that we broadcast to. A lot of these are places that I've been to, Baltimore, for instance, uh, in Nevada, for instance. Some of them are not. Alaska, never been to Alaska, certainly eager to go, would love to learn more about Alaskan culture. But I've always been fascinated with this mythical land of Florida. Why do so many people move there? Why is there such an East Coast, West Coast mentality? It's almost like the kind of rivalry that you used to see in the hip-hop community back in in the day. That's what you see in Florida. Is it true that you really can't get great pizza there? And the incredible thing about Florida is, for all the myths surrounding it, for all of the people that describe wanting to go there, I mean, if you listen to New Yorkers talk about wanting to move to Florida, these are the conversations that I imagine Italian, Polish, and Irish immigrants had about dreaming about one day coming to the United States. That's how people from Brooklyn and Staten Island talk about Florida. But for all the myth surrounding Florida, the rumor is that the people there are just like everybody else. That they're just as wacky, just as normal, just as everything as the people in any other community. Now, how can that be with all these crazy stories coming out of Florida? So, A couple of minutes ago, I said to uh, Matt Blaze, I said, hey, just make sure we're on this station. Make sure we're still, uh, you know, they're broadcasting us. And lo and behold, Matt Blaze said, no, they're not. They're broadcasting some other guy. So I said, good. I said, good, because we've assembled this all-star Florida panel. And I view this as an opportunity to do two things. One, for the next hour... We're going to get anything negative that we want to say about Florida out of our system. It'll be a cleansing situation. It's like that movie where you get to go crazy once a year and commit violence. That's what we'll do with Florida. This will be the last hour that we do where you hear any negative or overtly negative over-the-top Florida talk. And um, we have all these great people here. So we're on in Missouri So we can ask them questions about Missouri. We'll see how that goes over. It'll certainly be interesting. Let me tell you who is joining me for uh, the hour. In studio, I am joined by uh, Fred Rabino, stand-up comedian.
3: Hello there, Fred. Thank you for having me on the most iconic New York radio station. I am honored as, again... Well, and
2: uh, you can't have a discussion about Florida without talking with someone that was Mrs. Florida, and we're very, very... I never was
3: Mrs. Florida. (laughs) That was a rumor.
2: (laughs) Very, very lucky to have Karen Turk, uh, the former Mrs. Florida conservative activist and author of the book, Behind the Headlines, How a Conservative Beauty Queen Became a Target of Cancel Culture and Fake News. Hello, Karen. (laughs)
4: Hi,
2: good morning. Uh, Also very pleased to welcome back my friend, a New York transplant to Florida like so many others happen to be, the one and only Richard Bay, not only a veteran TV and radio talk show host, but now doing a terrific podcast called the Richard Bay Talk Podcast. Hello there, Richard. Thanks for getting up early or staying up late or being in the middle of the night for us.
1: Yeah, I, well since they're not airing your show, I could have I could have gotten to sleep maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're up. You're up so we're going
2: to take advantage of you. And uh, also uh, John Boyd, who's been a guest on the show before is is here as well. He's a principal at the Boyd Company and a thought leader and a well-known pioneer of the modern era of corporate site selection. Hello, John.
5: Frank, good morning. Ready
2: to with you. Well, let's, let's begin with uh, with Karen since she is the, the rose among thorns here. Uh, now, Karen, just so we know your history, uh, did you grow up in Florida? Were you born there or did you move there like seemingly everyone else in the rest of the state?
4: Jersey girl. I was ahead of the curve. I've been in Florida for 23 years. So I was down there before all the other people followed. Wow. I was one of the first. Right, mm-hmm. and, and now what brought you to Florida? Uh, actually, a job and escaping my crazy first husband in New Jersey. So a little bit of both. I uh, grabbed my kids and got a job in Florida and never looked back.
2: Yeah, John Boyd. I know uh, you have been a, a Jersey guy from time to time. You know a thing or two about crazy, uh, crazy husbands in the state of New Jersey. Um, what uh, are you in Florida full time, or you do the snowboard thing?
5: I, I am Frank. I, I we I'm, I live in South Florida. I officially became a resident four years ago. But I've been back and forth for the better part of the past decade or so. And we'll uh, spend quite a bit of time in New Jersey. though.
2: What's the big deal? Why, do, why, do, why does everyone want to move there?
5: Well, I mean, obviously no personal income tax, which continues to be a draw for people that want to leave high tax states like California and New York and New Jersey. But I think, you know, one of the big reasons is that there's a feeling amongst Floridians that your lawmakers are working for you and not against you. I mean, Okay. If, Florida, Florida has its share of problems. We have an insurance crisis. There's, there's plenty of crime in Florida, but you know, at least there's a sense that lawmakers are addressing problems. They don't treat job creators as the enemy, okay? And, uh, and at least in Florida, crime is prosecuted. Well, you That's know, it's it's case. funny. It's I,
2: a lot of us remember the uh, 2000 election of Bush versus Gore, when only 535 votes separated, uh, you know, the the presidency from uh, Gore to to Bush. And back then, I think a lot of people viewed Florida very much as a purple state. But uh, I think maybe because of all the frustrated Republicans that are moving there from places like New York, it has become increasingly red. You see this uh, landslide that DeSantis got elected with and uh, the legislature now Republican. I think all the statewide offices are Republican. Somebody that stands out with a a little bit of, of bluish tint in this increasingly red state. Is, uh, is Richard Bay. Richard, um, w- one, what brought you to Florida? And two, would you make of what John said there about lawmakers in Florida not working against the population?
1: Oh, I think they work against the population. Florida is the place where democracy goes to die. Uh, when I first came to Florida, I, I got involved. I went out. We had something called the Fair Districts uh, 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 Amendment to the state constitution. And I gathered up all, you know, we had this. Um, what do you, what do you call referendum? So I gathered up all of these things, and I got signatures, and I put it in. And the whole idea was that under the um, a, a Fair District Amendment, uh, we 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 wouldn't have partisan gerrymandering anymore, and and there'd be fair representation for minorities. Uh, well. <laughs> DeSantis just threw that out the window. It's in, this, it's in our Constitution, but the, um, the Republican uh, uh, House and Senate gerrymandered. He said that's not good enough. He called in the National Republican Party to come in and create a gerrymander a, a, a map that created a, um, a, a Senate here, a state Senate, with 28 seats for Republicans, 12 for Democrats. In the House, 83 Republicans versus 35 Democrats. And in the U.S. House, we have 20 Republicans and eight Democrats. So, Richard,
2: keep, keeping in mind what you said there, that, that you don't view the, the government in Florida the way that uh, that John Boyd does, what keeps you in Florida? What is the appeal? Why not self-deport like an illegal immigrant at Mitt Romney's house?
1: Well, one of the things is that uh, the re- the reason why I first came to Florida in 2009, I was part of a, uh, a fund that had $72 million, and the guy that ran it was a friend of mine from high school, and he ended up going to prison. So I lost every cent that I owned. And I came to Florida originally because my father had a condo here. So I came down because, uh, you know, I just... I, I took every job I could in New York, uh, you know, part-time jobs and filling in for people. And I just had to leave. It was just becoming uh, untenable. Uh,
2: Fred Rubino, another New York transplant
3: to Florida. Uh, what do you make of what you've heard so far? And why did you make that plunge to Florida? Well, what first brought me to Florida was an 87 Chrysler, <laughs> so uh <that's... laughs> That's one of my big stories, but uh, it's so free. It's like it's a free place. You can, there's no taxes. There's uh, there's um, you could buy a gun if you you know if you're feeling that you're not in the best area, you just go out and you buy a gun. You could you have the freedom to protect yourself. You don't have to wear underwear. It's it's a it's a lot. It's a lot of freedom, uh, and it's like a beacon. I f- I feel Florida. Is like a beacon to the rest of the country of freedom. They should put up a statue, you know. Send us like the Statue of Liberty, right? It, send us your shirtless, your shoeless, your toothless, the underwearless, your, and your underwearless, cash. and your insuredless, whatever. All right. Well,
2: I want to pick your brain on uh, on a few different uh, uh, news stories that have uh, popped out of Florida in the uh, in the last couple of days. A Central Florida man who brutally beat a shark with a hammer at a county beach is not going to do any jail time. Instead, a judge ordered Brian Waddle to be placed on supervised probation for a period of 12 months, according to court records. He'll not be allowed to go fishing and will be required to make a $250 donation to the county zoo and take the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation's shore-based shark fishing course, which are special conditions ordered by the court. Karen, I, I know you've had some legendary legal battles in your time what do you make of this? No jail time for a guy that brutally
4: beats a shark with a hammer on the beach? Well, you know, none of this surprises me. And I was surprised to hear your guest say, you know, that Florida is, you know, a decent place where, you know, we actually have law and order because law and order would, you know, help you assume that, you know, the magistrate that raided Mar-a-Lago didn't put me in jail for 30 days in a maximum security prison for a small misdemeanor, you know, but you know, the illogical happens in Florida. That's just reality. Although it is one of the freer states in this country right now, we're still filled with corruption. At the end of the day, you know, you can build on the swamp. You can try to push the swamp down. But the swamp always finds a way to come back, doesn't it?
2: Uh, John Boyd, any comment on this shark being beaten and the fellow that beat him to death not having to go to prison?
5: I'm just envisioning all the memes. I mean, the, the Florida man-mem is just, it's a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, this will, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of this in the 24-hour news cycle.
3: Fred, you ever you ever hammer a shark to death? Uh, a lone shark once on Coney Island. <laughs> but, you know, in Florida, everybody looks like they're working. Every, you go to the beach, there's guys with, like, work boots on, a tape measure. That's what the guy had a hammer on the beach. You'll only see that in Florida. Yeah,
2: I mean, it does seem like there's a lot of odd behavior. Uh, R- Richard, why do Floridians bring hammers to the beach?
1: They, uh, th- I, this guy took a shovel. He killed the shark with a shovel that <laughs> thing. We also have this thing down here where people go to the Everglades and they catch pythons. They kill the pythons as well. That's, but you know what? You know what we really do have everywhere here are these giant iguanas. Mm. They they look like uh, the, the dinosaurs in those old movies when dinosaurs ruled the earth and that some of them are yellow and orange and green and they can be two feet long they wander around the place where i live constantly there they're really very odd looking creatures
2: yeah i mean you know florida's always been so associated with alligators uh john boyd w- what do you see more of alligators or
5: iguanas I've, I've, I, there's iguanas are, Richard has hit the nail on the head. Oak. Iguanas are everywhere. They're huge. Well, it, uh, it's funny. You know what else you see? Coyotes.
2: Yeah, again, it, <laughs> this sounds so unappealing to me. I don't want to live in a place where there are, are gators, iguanas, and, and coyotes everywhere. It's interesting that you mentioned the, um, the iguana issue, though, Richard. There was another fellow, a South Florida man, who found an iguana lurking inside his toilet bowl and this is oh. caught on video and this to me this has got to be a textbook uh, headline as to why people shouldn't move to florida
1: and- I, I had one in my house i had one in my house but uh, one of the good things is we have and they are they are in resurgence now we have these gigantic sea turtles uh, that come up from the ocean and lay their eggs On the beach, and I used to live right on the beach. So I used to see these great big mama turtles come up and they move so slowly and they have these big fins that burrow into the sand and they lay their eggs and then they turn around and it takes them forever to get back into the ocean. But, uh, they, they are being protected here and they are coming back, which is good news.
4: Hey, Karen, what uh, animal horror
2: story do you have about Floridian animals?
4: I don't know. But when I moved to Florida 23 years ago, there were no iguanas. So I think it's all of the transplants that are moving to Florida. They're bringing these iguanas with them. They're not native to the state. They're extremely invasive, and some of them are pretty scary. I mean, they get almost as big as the alligators. Wait, is that
2: true? They're non-native to the state? They're being brought They're in not. by others?
4: Yeah, they've been brought in. They're over over the past, you know, 23 years, it's just grown exponentially. I didn't see a single iguana when I first moved to South Florida, not one. Well, it,
1: so- Florida, Florida always had chameleons, though. They're tiny little lizards, and they were... I, Florida was like my second home growing up. We came down three times a year, and we'd stay for a month in the summertime. And my brother used to catch these chameleons they would change you know they can change color but uh, they're not as uh, large as the iguanas and they're not as scary looking as the iguanas Uh,
2: so fred what do you make of that the uh, chameleons and we're not talking about trolley crist are apparently ubiquitous in florida but these guys this poor guy Mm -hmm. had
3: uh, an iguana in his toilet what do you make of that well you know new york you have to worry about a rat in your toilet Mm. Uh, Down south, sometimes a snake in the toilet, and now Florida and iguana. And so the question is, what would you rather see—a rat, snake, or iguana? I'll pick the iguana. it is
2: rough. All right, we're going to continue in a moment. Uh, Fred Rubino is here. Karen Turk is here. Richard Bay is here, and John Boyd is here for our Florida panel, where everybody is free to bash Florida if they want to, because it'll be presumably our last day not on the air in Florida. So we're going to we're going to clear the air. We're going to get all this Florida antagonism out of our system. This is the other side of midnight.
0: Straight ahead.
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Yeah, 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 uh, Miami, uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh, <laughs> can y'all feel that, can y'all feel that,
2: jig it out, uh, here I am in the place where I come, this is The Other Side of Midnight, I'm Frank Marano, uh, we have a terrific Florida panel with uh, comedian Fred Rubino, talk show host uh, Richard Bay. And uh, businessman and consultant, John Boyd. Uh, Karen Turk is a beauty queen and a conservative activist. She might have been eaten by an iguana or something. We're trying to connect with her again. But, um, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of people remember those uh, commercials with uh, Anita Bryant. we doing those commercials for Florida Orange Juice back in the 70s
3: sunshine tree. Hey, come back, little orange bird. I want to introduce you. This is my little friend, orange bird. He's not a talking bird. He's a thinking bird. He thinks orange. What? You're so smart, little friend. Natural orange juice is rich in vitamin C so important to good nutrition. So drink pure orange juice from Florida. You can buy it many ways and in many brands. And it costs only pennies a glass. Orange juice with natural vitamin C from the Florida Sunshine Tree. Visit Orange Bird in the Florida Sunshine Tree at Walt Disney World. And remember, breakfast without orange juice is like a day without sunshine.
2: And I've always wondered, I mean, you get oranges in the grocery store or wherever, you the bodega, and a lot of them supposedly come from Florida. But are the Florida oranges really that much better than the oranges that you could get elsewhere?
3: Fred, what do you think? I went to Publix when I first moved to Florida, and all around the Publix were orange orchards. As far as you could see, I go to Publix made in chili, picked in chili. I was like, and it's the same price. So I don't understand how oranges could cost the same. If they're from Chile or around the or block. Or around the block. Yeah. I, that's crazy. But what, was there a difference in the
2: quality of the orange, the Chilean orange versus the, the Floridian orange? Not really, no. There's no difference. Uh, Richard Bay, are all oranges created equal or the is there something special about the Florida orange? I,
1: I haven't eaten an orange in a long time. I'll tell you what is good down here. Uh, the mangoes. And really? there are many, many mango trees all over South Florida. But I want to tell you about a different commercial. I don't know. Maybe you're not old, uh, old enough to remember it. But do you remember in the middle of the winter when we would have these snowstorms in New York? There was some guy, a newscaster or something. Somebody will call and remember his name. And he'd go, oh, it's freezing in New York. Oh, look at the snow. Oh, it's terrible. Hey, come on down. And he'd wave his hand. Uh, it was for one of the airlines. And they would say, come on down to Florida. Come on down. Get out of the city. The- do you remember that, or, or are you too
2: young? To I, I, vaguely, vaguely, and I couldn't tell you who it is. But so, I mean, that's what I, I asked a lot of Floridians for their guidance on some of the the subjects that we're just, uh, bringing up. And a bunch of them did point to the weather as a key selling point of Florida. Is it nice to see, you know, a foot of snow in New York and you guys don't have to worry about shoveling or anything <laughs> along those lines?
1: Well, January and February in New York are, are just unbearable. Just And there's nothing to look forward to. At least if, when it gets cold in November and December, you know, you have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you have New Year's. January and February, there's nothing to look forward to. And it's so cold that sometimes you have to run down the street to get to the store or the restaurant or the movie theater because you just can't. You're numb you're n numb and freezing
2: uh, john boyd what about uh what about the weather? Is it that big of a deal, having experienced both climates, is that why so many uh, other uh, so many older folks seasoned citizens are moving to florida
5: yeah the, the weather's always been a, a calling card for 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 the for florida you know the, the old joke though you think about hurricane season, you think about the weather in august September uh it's it's like the old joke it's like living in a in a wet sock so, i mean there is some there is some adjustment that that you need to have and you know there's been so much growth you feel it everywhere you go in south florida a thousand people a day are moving here floridians are becoming less bashful to talk about some of these challenges right you know with uh whether it be the the uh the extreme weather the insurance crisis some of the other issues the that are, that are happening right now.
2: You know, uh, Lionel, I think, who I think a lot of us know, I know Richard and I lo- know Lionel personally, he used to talk about, he was a prosecutor down there in Florida and I think a defense attorney at one point, he talked about why he wanted to leave and he said he just couldn't bear waking up in the middle of the night with just sheets on and you're sweating in the middle of the night. Does the
1: heat get a bit oppressive? Anybody? Think? I think it's worse in New York. You kidding? Not, no, I think it's I think it's worse in New York no. in the summertime. Well, it's a
3: hundred and fifty. It was a hundred and twelve degrees this summer in Florida. I had a hot cup of coffee at nine a.m. At ten thirty, it was just as hot walking down the street.
1: <laughs> and you want to know where I was? I was in the pool swimming, and that's one of the advantages here too. Is that? you know i'm i'm 8 minutes from the beach and the ocean i have a swimming a gigantic swimming pool right outside my door and i i swim every single day as soon as i get up i have a cup of coffee and then i go for like a an hour swim so uh, the, the heat doesn't bother me here i know it wasn't, a, it, it felt like 112, but it wasn't 100. No, it feels
3: like 109,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, let me ask you guys about this a story out of Fort Lauderdale. Three men are accused of abducting a Florida man in Fort Lauderdale at gunpoint, waterboarding him, and then trying to enlist his help in their plot when they realized they'd taken the wrong person is according to a federal indictment that was unsealed a couple of days ago. The alleged victim played along until he got away long enough to call in a bomb threat that sent a massive police response to the rescue. The, sus- uh, t- yeah, the suspects were two brothers and... And a third guy that they were friends with. Apparently they snatched this guy in a parking garage outside his Fort Lauderdale home. They wore fake badges and forced him into the back of a Dodge Charger with police style lights. The plot fell apart when they realized the person they'd abducted wasn't the one that they had been hired
3: to take. You Floridians can't even waterboard the right people. It's like a Rube Goldberg uh, thing. We abduct you, then we pull a gun, and then we figure you don't have the right guy, and then he pulls the fire alarm, and then it, it's it's all one thing you could count on with any crime in Florida. Number one, the people doing it are half dressed, either <laughs> from the bottom down or the bottom up, or. You are never going to get away with it. There was no way possible you were getting away with it. Richard, is there a lot of waterboarding in Florida from what you can tell?
1: (laughs) It's a lot of crime. I've got to tell you, you know, I know every day you see in New York or in the newspapers, this is uh, somebody getting pushed on the subway and somebody getting clocked in the head on the street. But I pick up the papers every day and I'm hearing about people getting shot and people get shot. Guy was shot in a movie theater. Because the guy, during the trailer, the guy sitting in front of him was looking at his cell phone. He told him to turn it off, and the guy uh, threw some popcorn on him. He pulled out his gun and shot him in the head. You know, obviously, obviously,
2: I don't condone that. But it is annoying seeing people pull out their mobile phones in these theaters. Maybe somebody will hear about this story and be a little less likely to pull out their mobile phone in the middle of a movie. We're I am just during the trailer. Uh, oh so okay. Well, I love a good trailer. <laughs> <laughs> the so, new Batman's coming out.
3: You want the guy to <laughs> shut up?
2: <laughs> John Boyd, have you ever seen a uh, movie theater shooting in Florida? And did they at least wait until the feature presentation?
5: Now, fortunately, I haven't yet uh, dealt with a, a shooting inside the movie theater. That case that Richard mentioned is, is a big story, though. That's, that's been a big, big case. You, you know, what you see a lot here in Florida and there is record levels of crime is incessant panhandling and, and, and homelessness out of control. I think that really is a part of the affordability challenges that Florida is dealing with is these rapid cost of living spikes impacting the state of Florida because of all the growth and, you know, in the old days, I mean, panhandlers would sort of just stand at the corner with with their sign. I mean, now they're actually really emboldened. They actually knock on your door. They want to interact with you. I mean, I don't know where that...
1: I'm surprised the governor doesn't send them to Martha's Vineyard.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, apparently it's a good place to panhandle because they don't have to pay income tax on whatever they take in. But um, I saw that the mayor of Miami is bringing about this initiative to arrest homeless people that refuse shelter. I know the Supreme Court was hearing other cases like this, but how is that going over? Is, Is there a big appetite for arresting homeless people that don't want to be sheltered?
5: It's obviously the last resort, but I mean, there's a real national dialogue happening about how we are dealing with homelessness. There's an affordability crisis, not just in Florida, but other high growth States mainly in the Sun Belt, dealing with, with all this rapid growth. We see it in, in the urban doom loop scenarios cities in in San Francisco and in New York and Chicago. I mean, this, this, uh, initiative by uh, Mayor Suarez is, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is, is PR-orientated orient, to kind of get a lot of the, the micro-housing solutions. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, there's certainly an appetite among most Floridians to get the homeless situation under control.
2: Richard, do you get the sense that there's hostility towards florida transplants who've moved there from places like uh like new york i mean it seems like that's sort of the that's almost human nature is that we're programmed to resent the newcomers to our neighborhood whether they're from another state or another borough as is the case in new york or even internationally as we're seeing with um you know with some of the illegal immigration discussions do people give you a hard time because you're not from there
1: no, no, no. But I think it's also because for years, Florida was uh, procuring people to come down. It, it existed as a place for tourism for so many years, you know, and and the locals would benefit the people that ran the rest. It's like it, it would be like summer season all year around. But I and I think there's so many northerners down here now that. How could they be? Who are the locals? I don't know. You never meet a local. Everybody is from Jersey, New York City, Canada even. Uh, But they're in the majority here now.
2: It's like the the manifest destiny back in the 19th century, Fred. No one gives you a hard time for being a New Yorker, I'm guessing.
3: Uh, No, nobody gives me a hard time. But there is a cultural uh, difference when you you go into a store and you see somebody working there. You could tell right away. They're native Floridian. They just, the conversation, they want to have a conversation with everything. If you just, someone's in front of you online, and, and they just want to talk to them. And, and New York it's just like, let's go, let's go, let's buy it, but let's the, go. The,
2: do they get upset with you that you don't want to talk? Yes.
3: They do. Yes. I don't care. I don't care the new mac and cheese is out. I don't want to discuss it <laughs> for 40 minutes. I just want to get my stuff rung up and leave. All right, let me ask you guys about this. A Central Florida
2: man wanted on numerous charges thought up a creative way that he could evade arrest over the weekend, but ultimately according to the Polk County Sheriff's Office was unsuccessful. The agency said in a fa- in a Facebook news release that last Saturday around 2:45 p.m., deputies on a tip went to the Lakeland home of someone they had been seeking in connection with a series of alleged crimes. The 41-year-old suspect, whose name we don't have, was wanted on charges including aggravated battery, false imprisonment, tampering, serious stuff. When they arrived outside his house about an hour south of Orlando, they noticed a large whiteboard on the window ledge, and in blue ink, the message gave the man's name, followed with, does not live here. So let's say his name is John Smith. It would be written out, John Smith does not live here. And the Sheriff's Department shared this on
3: Facebook. Shockingly, Fred, it didn't work. That's unbelievable. I... I, I... I think he's a genius, the guy. I think Trump should have done that at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Trump, we do not have classified documents in this building. Well, I didn't want to
2: tell you it was actually one of Trump's attorneys oh, that was the guy that did this. Genius. Uh, yeah, uh, Sidney Powell doesn't live here. Kenny Cheeseborough. uh R- Richard. Uh, I mean, is it? There are a lot of these Florida man stories of odd behavior, not just criminal behavior, but odd behavior. Is there something in the water down there?
1: It's not something in the water, but I I think there's a lot of nuts that you know that do move down here. People who can't make it in, in other places. Although that has changed now because we're getting a lot of wealthy people who are moving in. And, you know, we have these. I, I, I just saw yesterday. It was actually in the New York Times. A home listed in Delray Beach, seventy-four million dollars, <laughs> um, and um, so uh, you know, and a lot of the tech people are moving uh, to Miami. Uh, so we are getting a lot of people who are successful, but oh, at the very highest end. And then you got other people that can't make it in New York, they can't make it in New Jersey, so they they just come to Florida because they think it's going to be easier living, but it. I tell you this, food when I first went to Publix when I came here and they have BOGO. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> I I walked around the supermarket. This was before COVID and inflation. I felt like I was on supermarket sweep. Everything was like one third of the price uh, that you'd find in New York. And not only that, the aisles are wide. You don't have to turn sideways to get down an aisle like you do at key food in New York. Um, So, yeah. So in in that respect, although since COVID, uh, the grocery prices have, have gone upward, but uh, still it's nothing compared to New York. Even I go to New York every five weeks, you know, just to keep my sanity. And, um, when I go to the supermarket in New York, even when I go to key food, which has some of the, I should say, what is it? What is, what is, um, uh, what is your boss? Owns?
3: Oh, Gristini's and, and
2: Gristini's.
1: the Agostino's. Oh, yeah. I go to <laughs> it's a lot more expensive than Florida. I, I, I hardly
3: mean. pay anything in Florida for food. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's self
2: checkout. <laughs>
3: John, John
2: Boyd, you care to weigh in on the grocery experience in Florida.
5: Uh, you know, Publix is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of loyal to the public have when uh, close to where I live, uh, you know, look, grocery bills are high everywhere. I mean, everything's becoming expensive. You know, I, I, this, this idea about Florida being transient, that is true. You think about though, Florida is also a very diverse state. Okay. You think about South Florida and, and even Tampa and St. Petersburg, where your boss, John Casimatis is doing an exciting new project in St. Pete really as, as a sixth borough of Manhattan, Florida is also the only state where the farther north you drive, the more south you're in culturally. Oh. You, you, sort of, you sort of get that uh, sort of of just a lot of uh, a diversity in the state. And, of course, this new influx of new money, uh, tech industry, Florida has really emerged as a major banking and financial services hub, a global hub. It's not just a gateway to Latin America. Really, it's become a, a really a magnet of, of European wealth and Asian wealth also.
2: Well, that's interesting. Uh, let me. Uh, a lot of people are eager to uh, to chat with you guys, and we'll, we'll take a few Florida related calls. But let me bring this story to your attention. It's sad because it deals with uh, someone who lost their life, but it's also weird, which it seems to be a common theme with a lot of Florida stories. A jury convicted a Florida man for first degree murder. In the strangling and beating death of his wife after she refused to appear on a home renovation reality TV show. David Trones killed his wife, Shanti Cooper Trones, in April of 2018 in their home in, in the Orlando neighborhood of Delaney Park. And he had apparently spent thousands of dollars on renovations and had hopes of appearing on this reality television show, Zombie House Renovations. And it led to the couple experiencing all sorts of problems in their marriage. And the wife's refusal to appear on the show upset Trones so much that it led him to murder her, as found by a jury. A very emotional Testimony by uh, Shanti Cooper's son uh, talking to the judge before the sentencing.
5: Early 2018, she was taken from me and my family. It's like a hole in my heart that I can't
1: fill or fix. She didn't die peacefully. She did not deserve anything that happened to her that night.
2: And um, Shanti Cooper's ex-husband, James Cooper, again, not the one on trial, he also spoke to the court.
3: Exhilaration. And a little bit of peace. Something we haven't had since 2018.
2: Again, uh, Fred, this is no reflection on the entire state of Florida, but this is absurd. I mean, a woman doesn't want to go on a
3: reality TV show when you're going to strangle her to death? Have you ever done any home improvement with your wife? It (laughs) uh, it goes almost to blows. I mean, I got to say... Anytime I've ever done any home repair, I just give my wife, here, go to TJ Maxx for five out. I can't, you can't work together with your wife. This should be, this should be a warning to everybody. This should be a warning in Home Depot. Yes, you could do your own kitchen, but don't do it with your wife because violence, it will get violent. Uh, uh, Richard, I guess the, the key to
2: uh, your being nonviolent your whole life is the fact that you're a bachelor.
1: I, I have nothing. I have no response. Fair enough, uh,
2: John. Anything you want to add there?
1: No, uh,
5: but it, the, the true crime genre is just exploding. I mean, it's just just an enormous appetite for these true crime cases. This could be the next big uh, case that we we look at in the wake of the you know the Murdoch trial.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, people love that stuff. That is for sure. That is, whether it's publishing, podcasting, television, it it has absolutely exploded. All right. A lot of folks eager to chat with uh, with you guys. John Boyd is here. Yeah.
1: Frank, one minute. Because one thing you haven't, you know, when you're comparing these two things, culturally, Florida is a wasteland, especially compared to New York. I go to New York. I go to the theater. I go to the museums. I, I I I have friends who are uh, 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 politically no- and artistically knowledgeable that I can have discussions with. The one thing about Florida, I would say is this. The one word to describe it, boring. Well, you it's have Universal. Huh?
2: You've got Universal Studios. That's something.
1: <laughs> we, I, well, we have Disneyland, too, for a while. But it's... <laughs> It's a boring. I mean, it's, it's pleasant. That's another word I would use. It's very pleasant. It's unchallenging to live here. I can have a healthy lifestyle. But when I go to New York, I am alive. You know, for the two weeks that I'm there, when I when I go up so frequently.
2: Well, how much of that is uh, you're trying to make the most of your trip in a short amount of time? So you try to pack as much in, and how much is endemic to the natural
3: characteristics of of a community, Fred? What do you think? Is Florida boring? No, I mean, and last week I was there. We toured a meth lab. It was beautiful. <laughs> You know? So there's things to do. You you just got to go look for them, you know? Uh, John Boyd, are you bored?
5: Not not at all. We got guys, you know, beating sharks with hammers (laughs) on the beach.
3: It was a hammerhead shark.
5: Right? But, uh... (laughs) It, 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 that that was always the knock on Florida, right? It's it's where you went before you you were ready to die, right? They'd call it
2: called God's waiting room, right?
5: It, it 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 really is changing. I mean, look look at the budget crisis of New York. I mean, billions of dollars of leaving New York, young people moving to moving to Florida, and I mean, and you really you feel it. I mean, you can't drive to Publix without feeling this growth. I mean, the congestion, the traffic. Yeah, I
1: I always I always go to Publix for cultural stimulation.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to continue in a moment. Richard Bay is here, Fred Rubino is here, John Boyd is here. We'll take your calls at 800-848-9222. This is the other side of Midnight straight ahead.
1: The other side of Midnight. midnight.
2: Song. it's called I Saw Her First by the Lilacs and uh would get played a lot on uh, Little Stevens Underground Garage. We've never played it on this show. Uh, but uh, I love the Lilacs. You can check it out on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Pandora. And uh, the fellow that wrote this and one of the people you hear performing Is Ken Curson? A lot of you may be familiar with Ken Curson from his work as a writer, from his work as a journalist. He was uh, very big with The Observer for a time. And um, he is celebrating his birthday today, and it's a very special birthday for him in some respects because he's got to make very prudent use of his wishes because his daughter, Maya, joined the IDF six weeks ago. And now, obviously, Israel is in the midst of this war, and apparently this is her favorite song. And I uh, want to wish the not only a happy birthday to Ken Curson, but hopefully a speedy and healthy endeavor in the IDF to Maya. All right, a lot of people eager to chat with Richard Bay, Fred Rubino, and John Boyd discussing all things Florida. Fred, do you have anything to offer on uh, the subject of Missouri? you know anything about Missouri?
3: I do not know uh, Missouri. What is that about? <laughs> I,
2: I, you got me. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I have no uh, idea. Richard, how about Frank, you? Frank, you know anything Frank, about St. Have, Louis?
1: Frank, you have such idiosyncratic uh, pronunciations of, of places around the United States. Why don't you call it Flow Rider. Uh, well,
2: because I used to call it for Flow Rider, and we got a cease and desist from, uh, from that hip hop artist, the guy with a song about whistling. I did I did perform once in Kansas City. And oh, they okay. have the well,
3: best barbecue in the whole world.
1: Uh, uh,
2: Richard, how about you? You ever been to St. Louis? You know anything about St. Louis?
1: No, but I've been to Kansas City, too, and they they do have great barbecue there. That's what I have. All right. It's
2: settled. Uh, John Boyd, anything uh, you can offer on the barbecue front?
1: I I love Kansas
5: City. Arthur Bryan's the the best damn steakhouse in America. All
2: right. Okay. Uh, Well, there you have it. Uh, 800-848-9222. John in Manhattan is going to solve a mystery for us. Hello, John.
1: Hi. Uh, Big fan of everybody. It's um, And I miss you, Richard and Frank. Uh, everybody, I uh, I'm enjoying the show. It was Willard Scott on the Today Show that used to do that.
2: What say? Come on down to Florida.
3: Yes, yes. You know, I, I don't yes. think it was Willard Scott. He was uh, the Smucker's guy.
2: Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think it was him, honestly. I, no? I, you know, I knew Willard Scott a little bit, and I followed his career pretty closely. Oh. You know, actually, wait a minute. So he did do, um, he did oh. do commercials for the Florida Citrus Commission. Uh, commission, but I, for for some reason, when Richard mentioned that commercial, I pictured it, but I I didn't remember him it, it being Willard Scott. Well, Richard, All what well, do you think? Um,
1: it was in black so wrong, and white. I'm sorry, at first. yeah. No, I thought it was. Well, sorry. Well, Richard, I miss you. And uh, are you doing any TV show or anything? Uh, No, not really. In in Florida, you don't do
2: anything, John. In Florida, you go to hang out. You do the early bird special. You go to the movies. You go to the beach. Richard's swimming every day. You tore the- a
3: meth lab. <laughs>
2: exactly. You go to Publix. Do you hear these guys with the excitement of making a trip to Publix? I must have heard people discussing Publix eight times. I I drive by a Publix. I drive faster. I mean, come on. 800 848 By the way, Gino um, posted a very interesting video about life in Florida in the Facebook group. People could check it out at... Uh, uh, Morano radio fans and haters, you can uh, you could check it out. Joe is in the Queens. Joe has a question. Hello, Joe.
1: Yeah, a uh, couple of parts to swimming. One is it doesn't look like you can jump in a lake there because of the alligators. I would think, uh, and then the beaches. Uh, what do you think of these spring breakers? Are they out of control? And with Robert Redford in Havana, was that a hopeless obsession where he was looking years later for his girlfriend to show up on the beachfront from Cuba?
2: <laughs> Richard, uh, I'll let you tackle that any way you want.
1: Uh, spring break. I don't. I'm a, I think I'm. I think I'm a little old for spring break. Right
2: now. John Boyd, I could see you yeah. fraternizing with the spring breakers.
5: Absolutely, I, I could tell. Well, those are stories for other times, Frank. But I, I can, I can <laughs> tell you that it, it is an issue every every year. Different municipalities are are doing things like curfews and, and different regulations to prevent things from getting out of control. And we have this new dichotomy now, where a lot of these communities that always historically welcomed that influx of money from from spring breakers now have competing interests of you know, new high rise, many rich uh, condominiums, and the residents don't want that uh, type of activity happening.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Anything you want to add there, for Fred? Spring break in Florida is your hip. You break your hip that every spring. That's – and as far as the alligators go, every lake has an alligator. Every single body of water has an alligator. Let me- I, I didn't tell my in-laws that, so <laughs> – <laughs> but although if you want to get rid of them, you buy them trunks and you bring them to the lake.
2: let me get before we run out of time, let me get you guys to weigh in on the east coast west Coast vibe whenever I meet someone from Florida, I say, "Oh, do you know my friend so and so he lives in x y z community and I'll say, oh no, that's on the East Coast. where West Coast people? Why the hostility uh Fred i mean there there is a lot of. Uh, tribalism
3: when there it comes is. to the East Coast and West Coast. I believe the East Coast are more native Floridians, and then the West Coast is more New Yorkers. But there's still a big mix of New Yorkers and um, and Floridian native Floridians on the West Coast, and there there's more conflict there because ever see when there's a hurricane and, and they they wait it out? Those are only native Floridians. The <laughs> so New Yorkers leave.
2: Richard, do you have anything to add on the East Coast-West Coast divide? Yep.
1: Well, I think the, the uh, East Coast is uh, Jewish, and the West Coast is Goyim. That's the way I look. <laughs> uh,
2: John Boyd, have these yeah. guys said anything incorrectly?
5: Yeah, no, that, I, I agree, with, agree with that also. I and mean, we have, you know, the East Coast is the I-95 corridor. The West Coast is the I-75 corridor. Gotcha. Culturally, it's more of a mid- Midwest experience. Gotcha. Midwest.
2: John Boyd, Fred Rabino, Richard Bay, my thanks. We'll see you guys next time I'm in Florida. Keep asking questions.